Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Eddie Trunk here, and it is time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which, as usual, is totally free and available to you with new episodes every Thursday via podcastone.com, Apple Podcast, or, of course, now free on Spotify. Subscribe, listen every week, catch every episode, don't miss it, with new ones, like I said, coming your way every Thursday. Hope everybody had a good week. Hope all the dads out there had a good Father's Day last weekend. And uh, here we are with another great podcast for you and another major, massive interview I think you are going to enjoy. Coming up very shortly on the podcast this week, the only guy, as uh, he'll tell you in this interview, who has been a member of the band Journey through every single lineup. And they've had a lot more lineups than people realize. I mean, there was even a version of the band before Steve Perry. And uh, that, of course, would be guitarist Neil Sean, who joins me as my guest this week. As is the case with all the interviews you hear on this podcast, this interview originated and aired live on my daily radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and is heard Monday through Friday live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Sirius XM Channel 106, volume it replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, and you can always listen on demand if you are a subscriber to Sirius or XM on the Sirius XM app. So be sure to join me if you're in the U.S. or Canada, if you do not already, for daily rock talk and interviews on volume on Sirius XM 106 on Trunk Nation. As I always say, you are only getting a tiny little taste here on this podcast every week of what I do daily on that radio show. Also, I want to thank our friends at Goodies Hangover for sponsoring, as usual. Goodies makes some great products, uh, headache powder, their new product, Hangover Powder. You can get it wherever you get products like that, including Amazon and any of your usual outlets and pharmacies. Just check out Goodies and more information at goodiespowder.com. There's Fast and there's Goodies Fast. And be sure to check out their new Hangover product. And they made some great Trunk Nation stickers for me. You can get them totally free by mailing away and sending a self-addressed stamped envelope. Info is on my website. Or if you want it right now, real quick, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Stickers, P.O. Box 41, Cedar Knolls, New Jersey, 07927. 
and make sure the self-addressed stamped envelope is in the envelope and U.S. addresses only for sticker shipping. Please, I can't send and get into customs forms for outside of the U.S. for a simple bumper sticker. But if you'd like one, uh, drop an email, or I'm sorry, drop a physical mail with a self-addressed stamped envelope in there, and I will get them out. Allow a few weeks for them to get to you, uh, because uh, it's just taking a little while to process and get them turned around, but I will get them out eventually. And we thank goodies for those stickers. And uh, yeah, so you got the radio show every day if you're in the U.S. or Canada. hope you're joining me for that. And um, this interview this week with Neil Sean, it was really cool because, you know, I've gotten to know Neil a little bit in recent years. When Def Leppard and Journey toured together a few years ago, I did a, a big event with Neil and Joe Elliott in the Sirius XM studios in New York City uh, to promote that tour, which was massively successful. And I've stayed in touch with Neil through social media. He's a real good guy, and I enjoy talking to him. And I reached out to him with the current lineup changes and everything that's been going on with Journey that's been in the news to get his thoughts. And they had just announced the new rhythm section of the band, Narda Michael Walden and the return of Randy Jackson. So I thought it would be a good time for him to come on, and he was willing to do so. And that's the conversation you're about to hear, which goes for almost an hour talking about all sorts of things in the world of Journey and beyond. We touch on a few bands and some things he's done outside of Journey as well. Uh, Neil could not talk extensively about the lawsuit with former now former members Ross Valerie and Steve Smith, but he does talk about it and say what he can say about it in the conversation, but there is still legal action there, so he can't get too in-detailed on that. So I think you're going to really love this. Journey is a, obviously a massive band, and they're one of those bands that, and we talk about this too, they have so many bands that do tributes to Journey. They're loved by such a wide variety of rock fans, from metal fans to rock fans to pop fans. Everybody seems to love Journey. And they are also one of those bands that seems to transcend whatever the lineup is because the songs are so enduring that people just want to hear the songs. And there have been a lot of lineups of Journey over the decades, including yet another lineup change that's about to be introduced with the new rhythm section coming in. So some of that stuff gets discussed with Neil as you're about to hear. It really is a great talk, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get to it. Uh, remember, connect with me, everybody. Social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, and the official online home is eddytrunk.com. I do have a terrestrial radio show on about 30 cities in the country. And if you'd like to hear that on demand, become an all-access member of my site. And uh, all sorts of other stuff up there as well for you to check out on eddytrunk.com. On the social media front, Twitter, where I'm probably most active, followed by Instagram. And then I occasionally paste, uh, post some stuff up on the on my fan page on Facebook, and that uh, pretty much covers my social media world. So I hope you connect with me that way as well. All right, let's get to Neil Sean coming up in a matter of seconds on this week's podcast. Enjoy. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. A chance encounter, a collision of worlds, and a night they will never forget. 
I'm Kevin Strasser, and I'd like you to meet Jem, Ari, and Lyra, the stars of my latest single, The Runaways, available now on Spotify. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, everybody, let's get to it. I just told you about it this week. My guest, it's a major one on this week's podcast. It is Neil Sean of Journey, a conversation that actually happened a little over a week ago on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, on Channel 106 Volume, now presented free to the world, a brand new exclusive interview with the founding and the guy that's been there, like I said, since day one, never left, the only consistent member of Journey in their very, very, very long history, a great talk with the one and only Neil Sean. Enjoy on this week's podcast. Neil, how are you? I'm doing great, Eddie. How about yourself, man? Hanging in there. It's crazy times. Uh, 2020 has been a crazy year on so many different levels. How have you been holding up? Um, you know, I'm just going with the flow, bro. It's It's uh, been a crazy year, as you said, and uh, many, many changes to come. And, uh, you know, I'm just staying busy. Uh, the best thing I can do is stay busy, stay healthy, and uh, write music. And so I've been taking advantage of this time off. Um, we, are, we had already taken a year off uh, from touring, and we're expected to tour this last year, and it didn't happen. And so uh, writing music, correlating a lot with John Kane and uh, Narda Michael Walden and Randy Jackson and Arnell. And we are off and running, man. We have like uh, five new songs in the making right now. Uh, hopefully a single coming out, uh, in July sometime. Wow. That is awesome. So, okay. Well, there's a lot there already. So when you say coordinating and working and recording already for new journey music, are are you guys able to physically get in the same place? I mean, I know a lot of you guys are spread out in different places. Have you been doing it virtually and over computers or have you all sort of gotten, cause I've talked to some artists, they've gotten tested and what have you and all gotten into the same building recently. How has that been working for you? Uh, we have not yet been able to do that thus far. I mean, Arnell is in the Philippines, and there's a whole, you know, bunch of, you know, hoops that you have to jump through for him to get over here with quarantine and everything else. And so we've been working. I've been working in the studio here because Narda lives close by. I'm working in his studio, and I'm laying down tracks with live drums and guitar, much like I've done with many, many records. And so it's it's a comfortable situation uh, for me. I like playing with guitar and drums, and, um, you know, it's a great way to create, especially rock. And, um, you know, I've created many records like that going back to Jan Hammer. And um, so we're, we're, we're in a good flow right now. And Randy's recording his parts in L.A. Jonathan's recording his parts in Florida. Arnell's recording his parts in the Philippines. And uh, it's a virtual record right now. But I am looking forward to getting together in the same room. And judging by everything that I'm looking at right now about uh, 
touring and when touring is expected to come back. I mean, that's a whole bunch of, you know, I, I don't know, man, what to think about it. It's hopeful and wishful thinking that people will be safe by then. But I really think until there's an antidote, I think it's not going to be safe for people uh, to be in large groups like that. And it could be much longer uh, to be safe and be in, a, in an environment with so many people in one room. Um, you know, as you know, this pandemic has been horrific and numbers keep going up where, where people are just wanting to block it out of their mind and, and say everything is normal and it's not that bad. It's really not. It is bad. Yeah. And, and you see a lot of different artists have differing views. Some are somewhat, like you said, trying to block it out. Some are saying, okay, we'll look at next year. Some are even waiting on that. What for you, Neil, what are you going to have to see? I mean, you've been, gosh, you've been touring and playing in bands since you were a, a kid. Uh, you've seen it all. You've been out there all over the world. For you, what are you going to need to see to feel comfortable to get back out there and play these huge venues that Journey plays? I think, you know, they, they need to come with an antidote for this virus. Honestly, I mean, I've, I've had the tour behind having double pneumonia before. And so, as you know, this virus can, you know, it, it attacks the lungs. And so I have to be careful for my own health. And um, before I feel comfortable about, you know, traveling all over the place, um, I want to feel like it's safe. And in the meantime, I feel like we should just continue doing what we're doing and creating new music. I mean, I feel by the time that we actually get out, we could possibly have two new records done. Yeah, and that's something I'm hearing a lot, and I've been telling my audience as well. I mean, during this whole lockdown... Most musicians aren't home, aren't used to being home that long, but most also have some sort of home recording and are taking the time to still be creative and write. And I think we're going to see a slew of bands trying to get back out on the road and a slew of bands releasing, whether it be singles or albums. So the plan for Journey, it sounds like, sounds like we might be hearing a new song like relatively soon, huh? Um, I know that, um, the song, the first song that we recorded um, that, you know, um, Arnell had just finished vocals on it, uh, I believe, yesterday. And so now we're going to get it into the mixing stages. And, you know, hopefully, I, I say sometime in July, sooner or later in July. Wow, that's exciting. That's great. That's great to hear. So, Neil... In the whole context of this year, 2020, being so crazy on so many levels, for you personally, I'm sure it was crazy as well because of the lineup changes in the band. And I know that you're still under some, maybe some legal stuff going on with the departure of, of Ross and Steve. And I want to talk about the new guys in a second. But what can you share with the audience about the changes in the, in the lineup and from your perspective, what actually happened there? Well, you know what? There's not a lot that I can actually share openly right now, Eddie, uh, as we are in, in legal um, right now. Uh, but I do, I do feel very confident about my position and the position that we've taken, uh, having not agreed with a lot of the changes that were, you know, uh, they were trying to make come down. Um, and, you know, I, I just... Um, you know, Journey is a name. 
the, the name in itself says it all. It means movement, you know, and we've had many, many lineup changes throughout the years and survived that. And so I feel very confident in where we're going and what we're going to do. Uh, and I'm very excited about the new music. That's, that's more what I'd like to talk about, uh, because we haven't gotten there yet. You know, there's nothing really I can say legally that that'll do anybody good, especially us right now. Um, before we actually, uh, get there. What can you tell me about the process of bringing in the, well, a returning member in Randy Jackson and for the first time on drums, a guy that I don't think, as you, as you mentioned, Narada Michael Walden, that would be the first person that people might think of when it comes to a rock drummer, because he's had such an incredible career as a producer, especially working a lot in the, in the R&B world. So, so talk about the, the process of, of bringing Randy back and reaching out to uh, Narada and, and, and how he's fit into the band so far. Okay, so... Randy uh, and us go back a long ways, uh, as well as Narda does, too. Um, you know, I've known him for years. We grew up together in the Bay Area here. And actually, in this formation with Randy, uh, Narda, Michael Walden, Jonathan, myself, we actually played the Crossroads Festival uh, with Eric Clapton. In that formation, it was, you know, we were doing more of a jam-out thing. We did like a uh, a killing version of uh, Voodoo Child, um, and um, had a lot of fun playing together. Um, Narda is, you know, an extremely talented, amazing musician, and not only is he has great producing credentials and huge records that he worked on, but most of them were R and B. But then you have like, you know, Jeff Beck Wyatt that he wrote and played a lot on, and so. Um, you know, and then he goes back to Ma Vishnu Orchestra with John McLaughlin. And so the, all I can tell you, man, is these guys are sounding like a brick wall and it is funky and it's rocking. And, you know, I'm listening back to these rhythm tracks and I'm truly excited about, you know, the guitar playing I'm doing on them. And, um, there's, there's a different strut, man. It, it sounds like journey. Definitely. But, but, you know, there's a different strut to it. And I think change is, is a good thing, you know. We have our hits. We have all that stuff we can always play. Um, it's important for me always never to sit in neutral and, and not come with any new music. You know, uh, Steve Smith had made comment to me before that, that he was not interested in making any new music. He was interested in p- picking up a paycheck. Right then he lost me. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm all about creating and moving forward as well as hanging on to the good things that we've done in the past. Um, but you know, it was just, if you were in, uh, my shoes and been here since the very beginning, I'm the only member that's been there from the very beginning, having never missed one show being on every recording ever recorded by Journey, anything to do with Journey, you'd be probably making the same decisions if you knew all the logistics, which will come out later. You know, the idea about what is often termed a classic rock band, which, you know, Journey would fall in that category just 
because of the longevity and all the hits making new music is it's funny neil because i will i i love new music from bands that i've listened to and loved for a long time like journey i embrace it i play it i look forward to hearing it played live i care about it i think much of it is very good but the one thing that's unfortunate about it is much of it does fly under the radar and doesn't have much of a of a commercial chance unfortunately so I understand, and I talk to artists all the time that have very conflicting views on it. There are some that are like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to go out every summer and play the hits, make everybody happy, and not bother. And then somebody like you, who clearly, the the creative aspect of creating and, and making new music for that fan base, regardless of what the viability of selling it is, is still very important. You clearly fall in that camp just as a musician and want to keep writing and producing. It's something that's in my DNA. You know, I need to know that I'm moving forward and and um, not just being stagnant and resting on the laurels that we have already. You know, I mean, of course, we're going to go out. We're going to play greatest hits. But there's many, many ways to spoof up and, and, you know, make a show better. And, you know, and also, I think if you're going to create new music, it's got to be different. I mean, look at the Beatles. They didn't recreate the same song over and over and over. And that is where my head is at. I don't want to recreate uh, a song or that's in the same vein of a song that we already have that we're already going to be playing. I want to create what we don't have, you know, that I feel that we can use in our set to completely become that much stronger than we are. Yeah. And you talked about your history in the band which is from day one as the one constant member and you also referenced a few minutes ago all the different people and and numerous lineup changes that the band has had since the very beginning and you sort of embraced that a little bit a year or so ago with the other uh, band that you took out with greg raleigh you called that i think it was was did you call it journey through time was that what he called it it was called neil sean's journey through time um you know and there's there's some legal stuff going on there too um they wanted to block me from using journey through time neil sean's journey through time i'm going okay listen man with all all the cover bands that are out there that do journey uh that are booked in some plane in bigger places uh and have some kind of implication of journey in it you would think that i'd be able to use uh just the word journey there's cars named Journey. There's cars named after all of our albums, titles, Infinity, you know, Escape. Uh, uh, it just goes on and on and on. And, you know, I have uh, a book that's sitting there, too, that I intend to call that, Neil Sean's Journey Through Time. And so nobody's going to stop me from using that. But I was curious how how that how you felt about doing that. Did you have fun? Because that was about embracing some of the elements and eras of the band you don't normally play. And then I think you you played you had Greg Raleigh back involved, right? So how did that whole thing feel to you after doing it? Um, it felt really great, actually. Um, we had a lot of fun. Um, we had only played uh, one, two, three, three shows. And the third show was by far the best in L.A. And we ripped the roof off the place, man. We played for a good three hours. And um, like you said, played a lot of the hidden cuts that were on some of our earlier records. Um, But, you know, just 
made them a little bit more modern, opened it up and jammed a bit more. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And it was clearly a different audience that came to see that show. They were older journey audience. And so we have many different audiences out there. Uh, the biggest one being that, that comes to see the greatest hits. But this one was uh, picking up steam very quickly before it was kind of, you know, uh, politically put in a place where we couldn't continue. And, um, and it's fine because everything happens for a reason. And, and you know, um, who knows what will happen in the future. But right now, I'm into regrouping with Jonathan, Arno, and Randy, and Narda and showing everybody what we're about. The book you mentioned that's sitting there, is it your life story? Did you write an autobiography? Um, there's a couple, yes, and have not decided um, when to put it out because I just I feel that it's premature right now. There's many more things that are about to happen, and so I want to wait, you know, uh, but it's very extensive. It goes from the very beginning, uh, before I started playing guitar and it's, um, me reading it and, and, um, backtracking, uh, and going back in time, um, it has been a very interesting and, and cool, uh, life that I've had in, um, coming into the music industry and how it happened and who I met first and who I played with and, you know, it's just, it's even interesting for me to go back and recall all of it, you know. Um, but but there's many more facets to come. And so uh, I, I just feel like it would be wrong to stick something out right now just to stick something out. Yeah, but you, you're still so creative and doing so many different things that <laughs> it'll never fully be done. It'll be massive by the time it comes out. It'll be like a thousand pages or something. You may have to do it in well, installments, maybe, Neil. <laughs> maybe, Eddie, maybe I'll stick it in my will then. <laughs> so when I'm 10 toes up, man, it comes out. <laughs> Let's hope that's a maybe, long maybe ways that'll away, that'll be the Neil. only right time. With us? <laughs> I said, let's hope that day is a long way away for, for the will. We don't want to worry about that yet, but, oh man. Well, I mean, it's, I can't wait to read that. That sounds like it'll be awesome. So, you know, I think the last time I spoke to you, at least on the air, was when we did the press conference at Sirius XM for you, with you and, and Joe Elliott at that point, just getting ready for the, the big, uh, the big tour you guys went out on, which was an amazingly massive success. Looking back on that in retrospect, what are your thoughts? I mean, I imagine that was uh, that was as good as it got there. That that did it exceed your expectations? Um, you know, honestly, the way I looked at it is, I've always known that we're a coliseum band. You know, uh, we we wrote the music for that size of venue. And having played a lot of the sheds for years, when we finally got back on the stage. And you launch into some of your hits and it's nighttime and the whole place lights up, you know, with cell phones now rather than lighters, you go, wow, nothing's really changed that much. You know, uh, now that we have the opportunity to actually be on the size of a stage again, and we realized that a lot of those fans were, you know, we sold a lot of tickets along with Duff Leopard, but we sold a lot of tickets ourselves. I could definitely, I definitely felt that vibe when we were on stage and how well the band went down. 
uh, from night to night. It was a great tour uh, overall. Uh, they were great guys to work with once again. Um, you know, we have done it in the past, as we talked about when we were in New York with you, uh, doing the press uh, pre-tour um, with, with Joe and I. And, and um, you know, it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, there's a lot more of that, I, I believe, in the future coming. Yeah, you know, one of the things, I caught the show, even though I didn't get a chance to say hi to you and see you, because I kind of got there in the middle of your set, because uh, that night, I think, was the night you you guys went on first, because I know you flip-flopped, but I, I, was, I went to the show in, in Denver at the baseball stadium at Coors Field. And I walked in and it was in the middle of you guys playing and, 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 and it was just to see a baseball stadium in Denver with, without an empty seat to be found. I looked into the highest rungs of that building and the people singing along and the diversity of the audience in age, the range of people there. It was really, you know, as a lifelong rock fan, it made me feel great to see that sort of reaction and response and seeing a band like journey back in that setting, really where you guys belong and where your music works so well. Um, definitely. I want to get back there. We're going to get back there. Um, that is the plan. You know, um, there's so much going on right now, uh, because of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, now I just saw, you know, the release on the Rolling Stone today about the article with live nation, of how they they plan, you know, turning everything towards their favor to try to get back in the running. Uh, you know, if things stayed, I can tell you that for myself, I would never want to be affiliated with something like that right now. Um, I would just as soon sit tight, record album after album, stream it live, give everybody live shows from wherever we are, whether it's Nashville or whatever, and wait for things to get back to normal. Uh, because right now, from what I read this morning, it just looks like it's all set up to, to you know, it's not definitely not in the artist's favor. Yeah, you'd be assuming a lot of risk if you went out on the road. I mean, there's some language in there. I, I talked about it in this show earlier today, as a matter of fact. There was language in there, something like, if you have to cancel for any reason, you have to pay them back your guarantee times two, which is like... exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the one that stuck out to me too, Eddie. And I'm yeah. like, there's no way I'm putting myself in that position. Of course, you know, when we're, we, we, you know, do have power to, you know, you can go in, you can renegotiate contracts, you can change things. Um, and so definitely we would not, I, I would not be interested myself personally in signing anything remotely close to that. And and the other thing I wanted to ask you too about Neil, since I don't think I talked to you since it happened, was the the long overdue induction of Journey into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How did that whole night and and event feel for you? You know, it was um, wow. It was it was very you know moving and emotional for me, and um, I think Steve as well, Steve Perry, and. Um, you know, I think it was a long time coming. Um, I, I, I kind of gave up on anything like that, but it's not like I'm that type of person that says I have to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? The fans are what it's all about for me and being able to go do my thing live. And uh, but, but it was an honor. 
And, um, you know, uh, I was looking forward to the comment that Steve made were live to everybody that he thought, of, you know, a cup of coffee was way overdue for himself and myself. And But I never got that call yet, Eddie. So I'm still waiting for that cup of coffee, Steve. <laughs> so the last time you saw him or spoke to him was at the Hall of Fame induction? Yep, that's it. Why do you think he doesn't want to sing, Neil? I mean, you know, you, I had him in the studio. Really, his first interview was on this show. And it was really, I thought it was really very honest of him, the answer he gave to me when I asked him if he could go out and sing Journey songs if he wanted to. And I don't know if you heard that interview, but his answer was really honest, and there's nothing wrong with it. He said, well, you have to tune down a little bit maybe, but I could still do it. Um, there's no shame in that. There's a lot of artists as they get older that have to do that. And Steve set the bar so high with the stuff he originally recorded. But what's really surprising is that since he put out his own record and finally got back out there, he has not gone out to sing live at all. You have any idea why that might be? You know what? I, I am clueless as you are, Eddie. And I thought for sure there was hopes that he would be out there singing and I was excited for him. You know what I mean? Uh, he's been like, you know, not out there for such a long time. I was happy to see him put out a solo record and signs that he was going to get back in it. Um, I was like all behind him to do that, not for my own benefit for him and for the fans. You know what I mean? Um, somehow, you know, things always get twisted to where I'm trying to take advantage of somebody. And it's it's really not the issue at all. I was like, I am a true friend of his, whether he knows it or not. And, um, you know, I get the feeling when I'm trying to uh, talk to him that he thinks that I just want something. I don't want anything. You know, I just want to support him and show him respect for all the, the great years that we had. And that's it. Simply, that that is it. Yeah, and I can say I can I can tell the audience you're being totally sincere about that because I remember when he was it was announced he was coming into my studio and he was sort of breaking his silence with me and all that. You had messaged me a couple times just asking me to send you know send him your love and support. You know, you were you you're not, you weren't looking for anything but just you seemed genuinely excited that this guy that you made all this great music with was finally going to come back out and do something. I really, I got the sense that that's all it was. That's all that was coming from it, from you. And that's exactly right. And that's completely on honest. And, and the other thing is like, you know, I, what I did notice is that when he first came out and started doing the, the, the very first interviews, he had, he had a lot to say about him and I, and it was all very positive. Uh, what what he was talking about, our friendship and what we wrote together and what he cherishes in his heart. Uh, and then things dramatically changed, uh, whether it was edited out by higher-ups or whatever, but it went from, you know, <laughs> completely, you know, one way to another. And, um, you know, I was like, wow, that's, that's just too bad because he was being honest. And he was telling everybody how he felt. And then it seemed like somebody had clamped down on him and said, don't talk about it, you know, um, which I, I can definitely, you know, I've seen a lot, Eddie, like you have. 
in all the years that I've been in this industry, and I just know what goes on behind the doors, and there's a lot of politics. And so, um, you know, I, I still wish him the best, and uh, I'm still here at home. If he's up here in the Bay Area and he wants to have a coffee or come in and, and check out what Narda and I are doing, the door is open always, you know. Uh, in the meantime, um, I'm, I'm going to be recording and moving forward, you know. Um, that's about it. You know, it's like, what, what can you say? I have no idea why he wouldn't want to sing or at least even go on TV and promote his record. You know, if he doesn't want to do a tour can understand that but you know take advantage of the late night shows and go play at least yeah well that's just it you got to be able to you got to be willing and wanting to go out and perform and play live if you're going to have any fighting chance to get a record sold and, and reestablish a career but you know i i also neil have a theory and i've seen this a lot with artists that come to me or i do things with that have been out of the game for a really long time like you talked about the fact that you always have to keep working always have to keep moving forward and for a variety of reasons we all know there's some artists that they just you know, they shut it down and time flies by 10, 15, 20 years. And then they stick their nose back in the industry and they see how much it changes. And they're like, wait a minute, that's how that works. Or that's what that is. And it's really not for them anymore. And they don't want to do, or maybe they don't have the team around them to, and I'm not saying this is the situation with Steve. I don't know, but I see that a lot as a very common thing. Like it's almost like a jolt to find out what the business is now versus what it was the last time you were active in it. Well, I mean, you know, as you know, and we all know, the record industry is, you know, completely different. Um, you know, the live, playing live is a different story. That's become a main part of the industry. And that's why, you know, I was like, when I was reading this article in Rolling Stone today, before we're speaking, I'm going, wow, this does not sound right. And, you know, uh, I understand, you know, the economy is what it is. And there's a lot of big changes that need to happen all over. You know, I don't want to get into any politics or anything like that. But, man, uh, you know, things radically need to change uh, for us to get our country back. And, and um, you know, I, I think that um, music is going to be the savior and a big part of it. I think whoever comes with the right music, that's like healing music, but that also lifts. We got to lift people up, make them feel good, you know, which is something that Journey's always been good at. And one of the reasons I feel that we're still etched in stone at this point with younger audiences, as you spoke earlier, how diversified our audiences are and how young they are. I look out and I see like four generations three and a half at least, you know, about to be four generations when we do go out again. And, um, you know, I think that, um, that the industry is just, it changed so much. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the biggest uh, stumbling stone, I think, for everyone is to figure out how do you get new music out that isn't classic music as you were talking about. Well, you know what? I've been thinking about it a lot, and I'm not really willing to talk about it openly, but I have some great ideas on um, and what I think that we're going to chase and how to get new stuff out there. 
my audience is always asking about that HSAS record through the fire, which I love and many others do. Your your remembrances of doing that, and the question I have for you about it is, I remember there was like an MTV concert or something with you guys, and there were a bunch of songs in that show that were new songs that didn't make it on the record. I remember hearing talk of maybe an EP or something to, with those extra songs. Um, first, your remembrances about that, and if there's any potential for maybe at some point like a special edition of that record with stuff you guys did that never came out. Um, you know, I've, <laughs> I never heard about a potential extra EP, but uh, there was a lot of extra material. And the only thing I can tell you and the audience that wants to know is that we only recorded two shows um, from, you know, our live performances. And uh, we took the best of those live performances and went back in the studio and, you know, I produced it with Sam and, you know, some I added some guitar overdubs to like rhythm guitars. And, you know, we we really spent like such a little time writing that whole record from scratch uh, with the four of us and and rehearsing uh, to get ready to go play live because, you know, we weren't going in the studio to record a record. So it wasn't like, let's get this stuff down. We were just kind of barreling through, you know, the set as we put it together and trying to make the least amount of mistakes as we could, you know, <laughs> it was like that kind of fly by your seat. You know, it's like, um, we, we, um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Sammy's always fun for me to work with. We've been great friends for, for many, many years and continue to be. And so, you know, anything's possible in the future. I would, I would not strike down any, any, you know, possibility of, of uh, doing something with him or even something different. Like I've played on, you know, some of his more recent records and, um, but, but there is other material that we never got to. And, um, I, I think the performance just was, uh, not as good or Sammy didn't feel like it was as good at the time. I'm trying to recall exactly why we chose what we chose. And I feel that, you know, he he felt that the best songs were the ones that were on the record um, that we put out. Yeah, he's he's a he's a good friend of mine as as well, and he's a force of nature because that's a guy, you know, in his early seventies now. That's still new records, always touring, two two three different bands, doing all sorts of charitable things. I mean, he he just. He's amazing at his energy level, his ability to still sing like he does. And uh, you think about that HSAS record. I mean, that's what, 37, 37 years ago. <laughs> you can't even believe the time has gone by. But it was, uh, it, was a, it was a great record. It brings back a lot of memories to those MTV glory years as well. So a lot of my audience always asks about it. Yeah, I, I mean, um, it, was a, it was a fun time period. Uh, you know, we had... Uh, Journey had very few little, uh, you know, time off back then. Um, and so I used to cram in. Sometimes I would have three weeks off or a month off, and I'd cram in some side projects, uh, you know, and the little bit of time off that I had because I, I just felt the need to move forward, you know, and do something different um, and write something always, you know. Uh, so whether it was a, another record with Jan Hammer, you know, I made two records with Jan where yeah. I just, you know, 
flew out to New York, went upstate to his house, and we laid down um, records very much like I'm doing with Narda right now, uh, which is drums and guitar. Jan played drums. And and then we overdubbed on it and made a record like in a week. I think we were done like in a week and a half, two weeks at the most with both those records from beginning to end, coming in with no material, just winging it, uh, recording it, and, you know, mixing it. You you made a reference earlier to the Journey tribute bands that are out there. And I, there, you, Journey and... I mean, I can only think of maybe a, a handful of other bands that have as many tribute bands on the road. You guys may lead in that category for the most Journey tributes. I mean, even guys in other major bands, my my friend Joey Belladonna from Anthrax just started a Journey tribute. I mean, every there's they're all over the place. I have another friend who's an artist manager who does one. What are your thoughts on all of these tribute bands that are out there? And have you actually ever gone and seen any that you like? You know, I've not gone uh, to a live show. I mean, I've seen plenty of clips. Uh, and, and you know, always checking them out. If they pop up on Instagram or wherever, I'll check it out and look at it. And I, the thing that I, I think about is that, you know, for one, it's, it's, it's kind of a cool thing when we're off that they're keeping the audience intrigued with our music, you know. Um, I think we're they might step over a line a little bit as if they're selling a lot of merch that looks like our album covers or merch that we have. I think you're dipping in the wrong area and looking for trouble. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think ultimately it's a compliment because there's people that want to hear our music 24 seven. And when we're not, you know, capable of being everywhere to do that, you know, there's someone else that can. And so I, you have to look at it like a plus. Uh, you know, it's um, not something that I'm crazy about because I'm not crazy about any tribute bands, really. But, but you know, there's, I think that um, it, it keeps our music alive. But when we do come back, then, you know, I, I believe that, that we walk on a bigger stage, you know? And I think that your band is the... Is the uh catalyst for so many tributes maybe more so than any other band probably because the music you've made is so loved it's so enduring and it also has such a wide appeal you know everything from older people to younger people to hard rock fans to pop fans to you know so a band could go into a club or even a theater and and play the music that you created and it it attracts such a wide audience and touches so many different people and 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 i've because i've thought about it why why journey because there's a lot of course of course big Big bands, but that's at least my theory on it. I just think because of the the mass appeal nature of the music, it probably is a good a good band. If these guys go to like a club or a venue and say, "Hey, look, everybody loves Journey. Okay, we'll give you a shot." Uh, people love to sing the songs, whether you know they're out doing karaoke or whatever. Man, I'm always <laughs> seeing a room or you know a hundred thousand people marching in Nashville singing. Don't stop believing. It just keeps growing. You know, it, there's no stopping it at this point, which is really exciting to me. Obviously, I mean, you know, you could only wish and hope that anything that you created um, that would last this long and actually become even bigger than then. 
in the yeah. future. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I noticed too is this year is the 40th anniversary of the departure record. Uh, hard to believe it's been 40 years since that came out. Uh, 40th anniversary exactly a couple months ago. What What are your recollections about that record? A pretty pivotal record for the band's history, right? Um, you know, uh, it was another departure. Was another record with Roy Thomas Baker at the helm producing and Jeff Workman as an engineer who we miss. Um, but um, they were always fun records because for one, they, those guys were so crazy. The band was also crazy and we were in good spirits, you know, always, but um, it was a pivotal point. And, you know, we, we were trying to find new places to experiment and, you know, I think at that point, you know, Steve was, you know, has said it before, but I felt the same thing that, you know, we needed to change uh, our direction, writing-wise. And, you know, that was about the time that Greg decided that he had had enough on tour. He wanted to start a family, wanted to get off the road, as he'd been on the, you know, the road the whole time. Our previous journey was Santana and traveled the world. And then the whole time with Journey, uh, the first three years that we did on tour were grueling, man. <laughs> Talk about grueling. We did like station wagons, two station wagons, stuffed with about nine guys in each station wagon, and basically drove to gigs ourselves and uh, jumped out of the car to jump on stage to play. But, you know, that's about the time when Greg decided he had enough. You know, the babies had been opening for Journey uh, with John Waite and... Um, you know, Jonathan Cain and R Ricky Phillips and Tony on drums. And, and, um, you know, I've been like checking out Jonathan and I'm going, wow, this guy sounds really solid as a songwriter and as a band player, you know, he was like a band guy that really held everything together. And so we started hanging a lot when we were on tour and jamming afterwards. And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to say that, like the juices are flown between him and I again, writing wise, you know, we are like writing some killer stuff right now. And it's like, I throw him. I mean, he's got a pile of stuff that he, from me, he opened his mouth and he said, keep sending me new ideas, man. And so when he sent that, I don't know if he's still happy that I'm doing it, but I record so much in my house every day when I'm not even, uh, in the studio, actually recording them. I'm, I'm just laying down loops and ideas. And, you know, out of those loops and ideas were where a lot of, you know, the early journey stuff came from. Uh, back then it was a cassette machine. Now it's an iPhone. You know, I don't have an elaborate studio uh, in our house. And um, I don't want one, you know, because I spend the whole time you know, twisting knobs and doing this and that. I'd rather just have a little looper and I have a looper and I lay down the idea. Uh, I may sing a few bars of what I'm hearing. Uh, like a lot of, you know, in the old days, whether it was, you know, whoever was writing, they pick up, you know, a cassette player and they'd hum an idea, a lyrical idea. Steve did it. Uh, many older artists did that. And so, you know, we've definitely got the juices flowing. We're, we're, we're writing some great stuff and it's an exciting time, uh, for, for us right now, I believe. 
It sounds too like your relationship yeah. with with Jonathan is is solid. I mean, I know you guys have had some some ups and downs over the years, but it sounds like with this new lineup, you guys have really come together on all fronts. It sounds like it's a it's a really positive vibe right now. You know, it is a positive vibe, and you know, a lot of things needed to get cleaned up. You know, there were there were a lot of problems, and what I believe that were not even actually band problems. You know. Um, it's like, you know, uh, certain people want to take you down so they can control it. Um, uh, there was a lot of lying going on, uh, you know, whether, you know, someone was telling me this is what they were saying, or they were telling him, this is what I'm saying. I've seen it happen to every band, Van Halen, you name it. And same scenario. Um, so um, you know, we got to the bottom of it and changed a lot of everything. And when that changed, things started getting better. And so we're, we're on the up and up now. And I feel very, very confident about what we're doing and where we're going and, and how we're going to manage it in the future and not let things happen like they did. Well, Neil, I, I could talk to you forever. I appreciate the time you've given me. I really do. And, and I, I thank you for doing this. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck with the new lineup. And I can't wait to hear the new music when you get ready to put it out. You know, just say the word if you want to come on, come on and uh, talk about it. Of course, we'll play it, whatever we can do to help out. Obviously, I speak on behalf of all the fans. Uh, thank you for the, the decades of amazing music. And I look forward to what you got cooking now. Great. Thank you so much, Eddie. And uh, I promise you when uh, we have a release date for the single, I'll let you know, man, I'll write you. And um, uh, by the way, Randy Jackson is just kicking ass. (laughs) He sounds like freaking amazing, man. And he sings his ass off too. So, I mean, it's really sounding strong and it's very exciting. And uh, I'll come back on and when, when we have the single at hand and we can talk about it. Yeah, we'll set it up. We'll play it for everybody, and we'll talk about it. I look forward to that. You know where to get me. Uh, stay safe, Neil. Stay healthy, and uh, and my best to the band and your family and everybody. I look forward to talking again. Thank you, Eddie. Same to you, man. Well, that was great. It really was. Great stuff we covered there with Neil Sean. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoyed the hell out of catching up with him, and I truly, truly appreciate and thank Neil Sean for taking the time out to talk to me on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Of course, don't forget about Goodies Powders. Go to goodiespowder.com for more information, headache powder, hangover relief. It's all there for you, and we thank them for sponsoring. There's Fast and there's Goodies Fast. Be sure to check out their new hangover product. You will probably need it in the times that we're in, and it will be a big help to you, no doubt. Follow me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, on all the usual outlets, and you guys have a great, great week. I thank Katie Irizarry for putting this whole thing together and producing. And most of all, thank you for listening. Remember, always spread the word about the podcast. So make sure you subscribe, even though I've been doing it for a long time. It's always great to bring on some new people listening and checking it out. And make sure you join me every Thursday for a brand new episode. Everybody have a great week, and uh, I'll catch you soon. Uh, matter of fact, here for the podcast with a new one next Thursday, Podcast One, Apple Podcast, or, of course, now free on Spotify as well. Have a good week, everybody. See you next Thursday. Take care.